began to rise. And suddenly, to my surprise, he did the, mash. He did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It got on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. From my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast. The ghouls all came from their humble abode to get a jolt from my electrode. They did the mash. They did the monster Okay. Didn't mean to shut it off that quick, but okay. <laughs> We're doing the monster mash today, y'all. <laughs> and welcome to more spooky podcasts for the month of October, where we will be discussing today <laughs> lots of stuff. Yeah. Also, welcome to Two Moms and the F Bomb. <laughs> That's true. Yep, here we are again. If you don't know us by now, <laughs> we're never going to have our shit together. Ever. Ever. We're always going to be Hot Mess Express. Hopefully, we make you all feel better about yourselves. <sighs> that should have been what we named it Hot Mess Express. <laughs> yes. I'm Crystal. I'm Natalie. Two moms and F bomb. Here we go. All right. So, um, I went down the research. I, I, I don't. I, I'm going to say wormhole, but I use wormhole a lot, so I'm trying to think of something else, but it is I use rabbit is. hole. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> tomato, giving, tomato. I'm giving you guys the breakdown, the history, real events on all of your favorite or most famous Halloween things. So we're going to talk about the history of Halloween. I like Halloween. All of the... Like the origins of the traditions of Halloween. We're going to talk about all the famous and popular, like the monsters, quote unquote monsters that you think about around Halloween time. So we're going to be talking about ghosts and goblins and vampires and werewolves, like everything. And I have stories for every single one of them. So this is going to be probably broken into several episodes because it is a lot. Which is fine. Yeah. So we have more that y'all get to listen to. Yeah, with your with your favorite podcast besties. Absolutely. <laughs> One so, of these days we'll probably be hated, but you know that's all right. We're still gonna be here. <laughs> We're like a really bad rash you just can't get rid of. You're stuck with us. Just stuck. <laughs> Okay, so this, we're going to start off with the actual Halloween history and the origins of our traditions that are pretty popular and where they came from and all that stuff. So we're just going to get down to it. I'm okay with that. Let's do this. Um, Halloween holiday holiday has its roots in the ancient Celtic. Is it Celtic or Celtic? Because I say it both ways. People say it both ways. I'm going to say uh, Celtic. I would say that's- uh, Celtic. Yeah. Celtic. Yeah, I think it's I think it's pronounced both ways. So I, I may say it Salwin. both ways. For those of you that see that, which is a it pagan looks like, holiday. Yes, it looks like Samhain, yes. whatever you see it spelled out, but Please it's Please do not pronounce it Samhain. It is not Samhain. It's Samhain. 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 Yeah. Yes. Um, Halloween holiday has its roots in the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain. I almost did it. After I just said we weren't going to do it. I wasn't going to do it. I did it. A pagan religious celebration to welcome the harvest at the end of summer when people would light bonfires and wear costumes to ward off ghosts. In the 8th century, Pope Gregory III designated November 1st as a time to honor saints. Soon after, All Saints Day came to incorporate some of the tradition of Samhain. The evening before All Saints Day was known as All Hallows' Eve and then later Halloween. 
Yay! Yay! We love it. I love Halloween. Um, Carving jack-o'-lanterns. This is something that we do. I don't do it way before Halloween. I do it literally on Halloween itself or the day before. Just because it keeps them from getting all rotten and nasty. And we don't, I don't take my kids trick-or-treating. I used to. But now we've gone to, well, there's nowhere good to take them anymore. Like, there's one Stop area. Stop going to where y'all are at. Well, Minden, there's, <clears throat> there's some great neighborhoods in Minden you can go to. Yeah. Um, you get a lot of candy. Well, the last time we tried it, we couldn't find any houses that were giving out candy. And we went to the big, nice neighborhoods, and I'm like, surely these are going to be Where the did y'all go? I don't remember. It's been a couple years ago. You need to go um, on 159, uh-huh. right past Glenbrook uh-huh. or whatever. Um. If you're coming from Minden down 159, like you're going back up towards Shongaloo. Um, right when you pass the road to Glenbrook and everything, you got that church right there on the right. There's a whole neighborhood right there on the left. Um, Brookhaven, maybe, something like that. Girl, that's the good shit there. <laughs> well, the one time we went, we couldn't find anywhere, but that's on me. But um, the last couple of years, they do have huge Halloween events in our area. It's just, the, there's one neighborhood, and you have to park your car outside of it, and you have to walk the entire neighborhood. And it's gotten where not as many houses do it anymore. And the town itself has incorporated it in the stores and shops, so you have to walk through, like, down Main yeah. Street and all that stuff. It's just gotten to be where my kids are the age now where they're cool with just hanging out at home. Yeah. And so we do our own, like, little mini parties, or we may have an actual Halloween party. There's nothing party. wrong with that, either. Yeah, we pass out candy. If, by chance, we have trick-or-treaters, usually we don't. Um, we just make it into a big thing. And yeah. it's, it's fun. We have a lot of fun doing it that way. And then I don't have to chase kids around or worry about them getting run over or kidnapped or, True. you know, anything like that. So we I've have our own little damn near the entire place of Minden <clears throat> many times, yeah. trick-or-treating, like... When my kids were little or, you know, the few years with yeah. the grands, um, taking them trick-or-treating. But, yeah. Yeah. If you decide you want to take Brenna or yeah, Axton and Travis and whoever. and Yeah. I can tell you the places to go. Well, I'll let you know. I'll, I'll, I'll holler at you if we do. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, but I'll holler at you. <laughs> um, anyway, carving jack-o'-lanterns. It originated in Ireland. But they used turnips instead of pumpkins. Mm-hmm. So the first jack-o'-lanterns were actually carved turnips. And they're actually terrifying looking. Yeah, they are. Them. They're really creepy. And I may have to start doing that just to add with mine. just to, <laughs> Because it's just a whole, it's a whole mood. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really interesting. Ireland's my people. Yes. And the Scottish. Yes. Uh, it's based on the legend of Stingy Jack, who trapped the devil and only let him go on the condition Jack would never go to hell. When Jack died, he learned heaven didn't want his soul either. So, well, <laughs> that's unfortunate. It's like a <laughs> kick in the nuts. <laughs> so, he was forced to wander <coughs> the earth as a ghost for eternity. The devil gave Jack a, t- a burning lump of coal and a carved out turnip at- to light his way. Locals eventually began carving scary faces into the turnips to frighten away evil spirits. So, that's where that originated from. Seeing ghosts. So, the, the popular time to see ghosts and spirits and all that stuff. That's because the veil is thinning. And yeah. yeah. The Festival of Samhain. Did I say it right? Samhain. 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 Not Samhain. 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 
Some people pronounce, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're good. Just don't say Samhain. <laughs> Mark the tr transition to the new year at the end of the harvest and beginning of winter. Celtic or Celtic people believed that during the festival, spirits walked the earth. Later on, Christian missionaries introduced All Saints Day, which perpetuated the idea of the living coming into contact with the dead around the same time of year. You can get a Ouija board for that, too. I'm playing. <laughs> Don't do doing that. It. <laughs> Ain't doing Seance. it. Seance. <laughs> um, scary costumes. In order to avoid being terrorized by all the evil spirits walking the earth during Samhain. Samhain? <laughs> say the word. Just say it. Samhain. Samhain. The Celts donned, them, donned disguises so that they would not be mistaken for spirits themselves and be left alone. When Back in the 80s? Mm -hmm. When they did Halloween costumes that you'd buy, I mean, they've gotten a lot better mm -hmm. with costumes these days. But back in the eighties, they were they were pretty shitty. They were probably scary the seventies too. too yeah. but yes, they were very. Yeah. The janky ass. The their masks, plastic masks. Yeah, plastic that, masks, and the, I think the Casper the Ghost one was like so popular at that time. Yes. But it was that, and it was on that flimsy elastic. And then the the costumes itself almost felt like paper, like which the like when you're in the hospital, yeah. and they give you a temporary gown to put on. That's kind of what those costume material yeah. felt like. And I remember that they were mm -hmm. ridiculous looking. Yeah, they were scary. They yeah. were creepy looking. The Easter Bunny back in the eighties was fucking creepy. Yeah, definitely. Um, they. Did I read this part already? I they donned disguises so that they would not be mistaken for spirits themselves and be left alone. Um, trick or treating. Trick or treat. <laughs> Smell my feet. <clears throat> Give me something good. Okay, anyway. If you don't, I don't okay. care. I'll put down your underwear. Yeah. <laughs> We're so childish. <laughs> Twelve. Uh, there is much debate around the, the origins of trick or treating, but there are three theories. The first one is during Samhain. Samhain. <laughs> Celtic Celtic people would leave food out to appease the spirit spirits traveling the earth at night, then begin to dress as the unearthly beings in exchange for similar offerings of food and drink. So that's one. Two, the candy boom stems from the Scottish practice of guising, My which people. is which is secular, which is a secu secular version of quote unquote souling. During the Middle Ages, Generally, children and poor adults would collect food and money from local homes in return for prayers for the dead on All, Soul, All, Saint, All Saints or All, All Souls Day. <clears throat> Geysers dropped the prayers in favor of non-religious practices with the inclusion of songs, jokes, and other tricks. The, the last theory argues that modern American trick-or-treating stems from belsnickling. <laughs> I like that word. <laughs> Bell snickling. I think that's how it's said. Whatever. It's fun. Uh, a German-American Christmas tradition where children would dress in costume and then call on their neighbors to see if the adults could give, <laughs> could guess their identities. In one version of the practice, the children were re rewarded with food or other treats if no one could identify them. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Kind of want to do it at Christmas time now. Yeah. Well, for my people. Guess what I am, bitch. <laughs> I do have some Irish heritage, um, but we have a large portion of Welsh heritage as well. <laughs> you in that chair. I should give you your broke chair back. Um, 
about to get bucked out of it. <laughs> Man. Anyway, uh, Welsh kind of did the same thing around Christmas, but they would dress up and then they would take their staff with like the, the skull on it. It's yeah. a horse, like a horse skull. And they would sing obnoxiously and get really loud and obnoxious and harass and tease and play pranks until the owners of the home come out and give them beer. <laughs> That's my people. <laughs> give me the tequila. <laughs> so I love that. Um, black cats. We talked about this a little bit with superstitions. So they are not bad luck. No, they are beautiful animals. And if I ever get another cat. I want a solid black cat. I got that little black tuxedo kitten, and he looks like he has a mustache, so I oh. named him Gomez. Like off Hell yeah. Gomez Adams. Yes. Um, the idea of black cats, <clears throat> or being idea, the, bleh, the idea of being spooked by black cats, or scared of them, dates back to the Middle Ages, when they were considered to be symbols of the devil. Mm, witches familiars. <laughs> It didn't help that centuries later, accused witches were often found to have cats, particularly black ones. People began to believe that the cats were a witch's familiar. <laughs> black cats and spookiness have been linked ever since. Hmm. I really wish they would stop stereotyping witches. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> the colors... They walk among you. That's right. The colors, black and orange, the traditional Halloween colors, trace back to... Samhain? For <laughs> Celts, black represented death of summer, and orange symbolized autumn, harvest season. Bobbing for apples. Now, this is interesting. Um, origins are rooted in love and romance and traces back to a courting ritual that was part of a Roman festival honoring Pomona, the goddess of agriculture and abundance. And her symbol is basically the apple. Okay. Um, while multiple versions existed, the gist was that young men and women would be able to predict their future relationships based on the game. <laughs> and I've also read where some of them was like, if if you wanted a partner to go with you to Bob for apples, like if y'all both got an apple in your mouth and that meant that y'all were soulmates or something along those lines. And then like as a kid, I don't know if you ever did this or if this is just something that me and my little weird friends came up with. It's like if you get an apple and it has the the stem on it, you twist it and you say the alphabet as you're twisting it and whatever it breaks off at in the part of the alphabet, that letter is the first name of the person, is the first letter of the name of the person you're going to marry. Did not future. know that. Yeah, we used to do that when we were kids. Um, <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> while multiple versions existed, oh, my bad, I already read that part. When Romers, when, when uh, Romans conquered British Isles in 43 AD, the festival blended with Samhain, then Halloween. Pranking. <laughs> <laughs> like, when you pull pranks and tricks on people. It often varies by regions, but the pre-Halloween tradition known as Devil's Night is credited to a different or origin depending on the source. Some say pranks started as a part of many days of May Day celebrations. Like, um, you know, during May, some cultures would do like the yeah. Maypole and oh, the, yeah. it was a festival and all that stuff. Beltane. Yeah, thank you. Um, but Salwin. And All Souls Day <laughs> also included good natured mischief. When Irish and Scottish immigrants came to America, they brought with them the tradition of celebrating mischief at mischief night as part of Halloween. That's my people. 
a small percentage of my people, too. I'm proud to be. They're a large percentage of my people. <laughs> and my husband is a large portion Irish, so yeah. like I'm, I'm a McCarty now, so I'm there. I'm just mischievous. <laughs> Lighting candles and bonfires. It's believed to light the way for souls seeking the afterlife. Where people can jump them naked, whatever. Yes, yes yeah, whatever, whatever they, they want to do, whatever their prerogative is. <laughs> you have husbands like ours, they just can't help themselves. Um, candy apples. For centuries, people have been coating fruit and syrup as means of preservation. It's also associated with the Roman festival of Pomona, like we just talked about. She's represented by apples. Candy ap apples were accidentally created. Um, in 1908 by a candy maker in New Jersey while experimenting on a new Christmas candy. <laughs> so he was trying to make this hard candy and he used the apples to display the candy. I okay. don't know why, but anyway, people started buying them like that and eating them like that. And then it just kind of took hold of everything. I like caramel apples. I do too. I like I don't the, like the candy because it hurt my yeah, teeth. Yeah, it hurts my teeth too. Um... But they then became a popular Halloween treat, and I still make them every year. That's part of our tradition is we make the caramel apples. We don't make the candy apples. What kind of apples do you use? <clears throat> All kinds. I use, I, I really like Honeycrisp, but. I want I'm, a sweet apple. Yeah, yeah. Honeycrisp is real sweet, and sometimes I'll do the green apples, like the Granny Smith ones, just to give that sour tartness How do you do it. your caramel? I just buy the pre, the ones that are made specifically for dipping, and I just okay. heat it up and do it that way. I cheat. <laughs> I was just going to hell. Yeah. I mean. Some people make their own caramel. I'm not doing all that. I'm not that fancy. <laughs> bats. I love. It's freaking bats. I love. I love bats. <laughs> <laughs> They're so cute. They're so cute. They're like little puppies with wings. Uh, yes. And some of them look like little pigs they're with wings. They're sky puppies. Yes, they're sky puppies. Oh, I we love have bats. Mm -hmm. I told Jeremiah I wanted a bat house. I think in some places in Louisiana you can't have one. It's illegal. Maybe. But allegedly, so you do you, boo. We don't know for sure. My neighbor has one. Oh, don't You snitch. I didn't say who. <laughs> Could be the other one. Oh, snitches get stitches, Crystal. And end up in ditches. <laughs> ditches. Anyway. <laughs> uh, bats are likely present at all pre-Halloween celebrations. Salwin. Bonfires attracted <laughs> bugs, which attracted bats. Soon, spotting bats became connected with the festivals. Medieval folklore expanded upon the eeriness of bats with a number of superstitions built around the belief that bats were harboring harbingers of death. People are now saying the same thing about owls, too. It's kind of embarrassing. Owls are not evil. No, neither are bats. No. You just gotta make sure, sky puppies. Just, just make sure they don't have rabies and you're good. Um, devouring candy. It's my favorite part, the candy tax. Whenever I would take the kids trick-or-treating, I always took a candy tax. Like, hey, I was your taxi. Oh, yeah, you yeah, give yeah. me a percentage of your candy. Now I just buy my own bags of candy, have it at the house, and we all just That's eat. That's all you can do, we really. Want. Yeah. I mean, we don't get trick-or-treaters here. Yeah. And we don't have kids to trick-or-treat, other than the grandbabies, but we don't yeah. normally do that because I have to work. But... We're just going to go buy fucking Halloween candy and well, sit in a room and eat it like some yes. fat asses we are. Well, the times that were, like, <clears throat> where we would try to go trick-or-treating and it was a bust, it just didn't work out, I would go to the dollar store and buy every big bag of candy they had left and we'd just take that home Hell and yeah. call it a day. Um, until the mid-20th century, the treats children received weren't candy. 
they were given things like fruit, nuts, coins, toys, baked goods, um, pies, things like that. Uh, you got pies? Yeah. In fact, I was one of my favorite movies to watch at Halloween. I'm such a nerd. One of my favorite <laughs> movies to watch at Halloween is a Cary Grant movie called Arsenic and Old Lace. And it was filmed like in the 40s, maybe maybe the 50s, but it's in black and white, so it's older. Okay. And his aunts, who he lived with, were giving out Halloween treats, and they were giving away whole pies to these kids. They'd come to their window. What? And they would give them pies, and they would give them apples and fruits yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, give them, like, they made... Like, you got an apple pie in there, girl? Yes, they had stacks of pies they were giving away. I love that. Hell yeah. Um... <clears throat> Trick-or-treating rose to popularity in the 1950s, and it inspired candy companies to market small, individually wrapped candies. I like that, too. I do, too. Candy corn became popular in 1898, was originally called chicken feed, and sold in boxes with the slogan, slogan quote, something worth crowing for. <laughs> for all you candy corn haters out there, this is for you, but you can't see what I'm doing. But I, 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 love, love I love candy corn. corn. And I, you know what else is good? Getting candy corn and mixing it with peanuts and eating it that way at the same time. It Never kind of, tried that. It's like eating a payday candy bar. I it's, like paydays. Yeah, it, it's good. Um, initially, it was an autumn candy because of the corn's associate, association with harvest time, which makes sense. But later becoming, later becoming Halloween specific when it grew to popularity in the U.S. in the 1950s. Hmm. So that's everything about... Halloween itself. I like Halloween. Yes. I mean, I, yeah, I do like Halloween. I love Halloween. I like candy corn. <laughs> What's this next one? We like one? all the things. Okay. This is about witches. <gasps> My people. Yes. Now, let me tell you, when I was researching this, <clears throat> I always knew about the witch hunts mm -hmm. and the pandemonia of yeah. the, like the hysteria of witchcraft and all this stuff what i did not realize was witchcraft werewolves and vampires were all treated in the exact same way and they were all linked like if you were accused of being a werewolf you were automatically a witch too same thing with being a vampire because they believed Shapeshifters. Right. Yeah. And I had no idea until I started digging into it that there was just as much craze and mania over werewolves and vampires as there was witchcraft. And it blew my mind. And I've got stories on here that are just like, holy shit. No way. But you don't hear about the other two as much. You only hear about the witch Witches, trials. Yeah. But they're all hand in hand, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, I know, like, back back then, yeah. you know, I mean, a lot of, they honestly, and some still, and I'm not, I'm going to say some, even modern day, you, oh, yeah. you, there's still people out there that consider themselves witch hunters, mm -hmm. vampire hunters, mm -hmm. or, you know, werewolf hunters and stuff like that, and they still honestly believe of shape-shifting, mm -hmm. that witches Well, the other thing, the other thing that annoys me when I read a lot of the stuff, or whenever you hear people talk about things, or when they're describing it, they take witchcraft and automatically link it to devil worshiping devil worshiping satan satanic worshiping all that stuff it's not the same thing oh god no at all no absolutely and not that's not me defending or denying or anything of that nature that is me just being honest and what i have learned and opening a book and learning things about this stuff is very important 
It's very important. Witchcraft witchcraft is a it's a practice. Mm-hmm. Um it's it goes hand in hand with other religions that do their their practice basically. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put this as, as modern as I can simplified without going into details and down this rabbit hole without yeah. offending people and stuff like that. Um <clears throat> So, for instance, if I go over to my altar and I light a candle Mm -hmm. or burn an incense and I mix up some herbs um, and I say a little chant, Mm -hmm. is no different from a religious person going into a chapel, lighting a candle, kneeling, and saying a prayer. They have incense in churches, Exactly. And they have the... The Lord's Supper, which is the represents the blood of Christ, and they have the unleavened bread, which is the body of Christ. We all have our own ceremonial ways yeah. in how we worship whatever it is that, that we, we worship. We worship and we absolutely. Follow. And you know, witchcraft. There is no devil worshiping, no Satanism mm-hmm. or anything in witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're I'm going to choose my words wisely here without offending people. If you are a person that can be open-minded and not Mm closed-minded and willing to actually take the steps and learn about different religions, you're going to find, you're going to be shocked um, at what you're gonna find, basically, because similarities. I grew up well, yeah, well, not just not just that. Mm-hmm. So many people are still stuck on Satanism. Satanism is horrible. Witchcraft is horrible. This is horrible. Read into your religions before you judge another religion. Um, and actually learn about them because you're going to find out real quick that satanism is probably one of the most trying to think of what word i can use yeah i'll say it yeah (laughs) i'll say it peaceful but the thing is it's just like any religion any practice anything you're gonna have evil you're gonna have people that come in and pervert whatever it is and they're gonna turn it and twist it to their own narrative and that's with anything Satanism is one of the most peaceful religions. They're not about... They don't worship Satan. Mm -mm. I mean, it's. I know it sounds like that. Oh, it's Satanism. In a nutshell, they're basically against organized religion. They are. That's basically Um, basically, in a nutshell what it is. They are very peaceful. Mm -hmm. That's a word. Um, Very peaceful type religion that if you look at their Ten Commandments... They're all about peace and love and light, basically. Yes. Treating people But as you said, you're going to have a bad apple Mm -hmm. in every religion. Every single Um, one. That's in Christianity. That's in Islamic. That's going to be in even paganism. Um, which paganism is just basically it's an umbrella. Yeah, it's a it's for multiple religions, which includes Wicca. Mm -hmm. Um but 
Yeah, just read into these religions before you put any judgment towards them or try to say, oh, that's evil, because it's it's not. I've seen a lot of prejudice. I've heard a lot of prejudice. I've seen and heard a lot of derogatory comments and things said by people that... They don't sacrifice children. They don't sacrifice goats and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, Did they back in the day? There were some that, not the Satanism, but... They do that in every religion. All of them. (laughs) Back, back, way back Way back, yeah, yeah, but that was... (laughs) Like, say, the beginning of a harvest or yeah. something like that. Like, have you ever seen the movie Wicker Man? Mm-hmm. Love that movie. Um, of course, they sacrificed a person, but that's besides the point. Sorry. That's part of the horror. That's um, part of the that's horror part of the, yeah. aspect of it. <laughs> Do they, yeah, they might sacrifice a goat yeah. to the gods they worship to have a fruitful bounty, mm-hmm. you know, for that winter. That way they can survive. That way they've got the yeah. food in order to to live and well, in, and grow in and history harvest. it says christians did the same thing and then when jesus came and died on the cross that was the sacrifice that took away all of those sacrifices so we didn't have to sacrifice goats anymore so it's like it changes throughout everybody and i christians did it too so i mean it's christians know. sacrificed a man yeah if you believe in that sacrificed a whole man don't come at us about if somebody sacrifices a fucking animal. <laughs> you hung a man. You nailed him to a cross. For fuck's sake. Oh, anyway, out of that one, let's that go. That spiraled. <laughs> yeah, we didn't mean to go down that rabbit hole, so let's continue. All right. The most, this is starting off with the most famous witches or accused witches, witch stories, things like that, because there was a lot of people that claimed they were witches after being tortured and beaten. Just to get it to stop. Just to get it to stop. But these are the nine most famous alleged witches throughout history. La Voisin. Catherine Mon Voisin, a.k.a. La Voisin. Lived in France in the mid-1600s. Practiced medicine, including midwifery and abortions. Don't do that back in the day because you were a witch. Yeah. Honestly. Mixed potions and poisons. Told fortunes and arranged black masses. Also, one of the heads of the Affaire de Poisons. That's the name of the cult that she led, basically. It was a cult who poisoned many members of the French aristocracy. So, aristocrats. Including secret plans to poison King Louis the one of them, one of the one of the King Louis. <laughs> I think it was the same one that, that was, was a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was the king, same King Louis that was killed with Marie Antoinette. Okay. During the French Revolution, um, in the late 1670s, when fear of poisoning witchcraft, when fear of poisoning and witchcraft reached a fever pitch in the streets of France. Lavoisin, along with many others, were arrested and convicted of witchcraft and burned at the stake publicly in 1680. <clears throat> Those are the ones you should be afraid of. Yeah. The ones that burned yeah. people. Hung them, burned them, killed yes. them, tortured them. Ridiculous. Um, Alice Keitler, I believe is her name, or Kit, Kite, Kittler. I don't, I'm going to butcher all these names. I'm trying. Okay. Alice Kay is what we'll call her. The first recorded woman condemned for witchcraft in Ireland lived from late 1200s to early 1300s, married four times, which marked her as unusual. <laughs> Go figure. Whore. No, I'm playing. <laughs> After her fourth husband died, <coughs> his children and the children from all previous marriages began, 
began accusations of witchcraft and poisoning <clears throat> to murder their fathers. So she was accused of murdering all, all of, of her, her husband. past husbands by her past husband's children. Now, whether she gave birth to any of these children, I do not know. But Is she related to Sally Baker? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. She was also accused of Satan worship, animal sacrifice, and using her powers to manipulate and control Christians. <laughs> one, one of her so. servants <laughs> was tortured by church authorities and confessed to witchcraft, thereby implicating um, her, at which point she fled the country and was never heard from again. So she escaped. Allegedly, she escaped and didn't die, but nobody heard from her again, so maybe she didn't. We don't know for sure. Isabel, or Isabel, Gowdy, tried and executed for witchcraft in 1662. Gowdy is notable for her detailed confession, which she gave of her own volition, allegedly. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> without being tortured like so many women of the time, allegedly. Well, if she was one to sit there and watch these other women be tortured, right. and, and so they, they can, she probably did not want to endure that pain. Right, and they they do they do bring that up also, but um, she her confessions about her coven's activities, including their supposed ability to transform into animals, gave great insight into European folklore surrounding witchcraft at that time. She also claimed to be entertained by the queen of fairies in her home under the hills. Many speculate her confession was the result of psychosis or a ploy to get more lenient sentence. So, could she have been telling the truth? Maybe. Could she have been a little nutty? Maybe. Was she just happy and frolicking in the woods on her own and just told them what they wanted to hear so they'd shut up? Maybe. Whatever. I'd love to think that I could live under a hill with the Queen of the Fairies. That'd be fun. Well, yeah. That sounds magical. I don't blame her. I don't fuck with the fae, though. <laughs> right. Maul Dyer. Her story was made a little more popular due to the movie Blair Witch Project. Which was shit. <laughs> Though her story is more lore and superstition, and I guess considered urban legend, um, than recorded fact, this supposed resident of Leonardtown, Maryland, has been inspiration behind so many local tales and major movies. Dyer lived in the late 1600s. A group of her fellow townspeople accused her of witchcraft, and she was chased out of her home by a group of men on a winter night. Her body was found days later frozen to a large stone. Stories about her malevolent spirit haunting the land around her wooded cabin and terrorizing any that come near as revenge against those who wronged her are rampant. I've also heard I would do several, the same thing. Yeah, I've also heard and read several different stories about her death as well. So this was just the one that I chose, but there's several others. Yeah. You know, just like any urban legend, there's always different. You know, and she could have very well been a real person. They got the story's gotta come from somewhere. Oh, you never absolutely. know. Marie Laveau, most accurately described as a voodoo priestess living in New Orleans from nineteen nineteen seventy four. That's not right. 18. 18. But 1874 to 1881, that would only leave her... I got the dates wrong on here. A long time ago. <laughs> I wrote the wrong date down. And though little is known about her life, it is widely recorded that she had a massive following and commanded respect as she walked through... Walked the New Orleans streets. So she was not afraid to walk the streets of New Orleans. She was not afraid of nobody. 
She held her head up high. She should she have. She did her thing. Uh, there's speculation that her magic mixed Catholic and African spiritual traditions, that her divinations were supported by a network she assembled while working as a hairdresser, hairdresser and brothel madam. 1801 to 1881. Thank you. I don't know where the hell I got 1974 from. What did mm. I read? I knew that wasn't right. Dion Fortune, born Violet Mary Firth in 1890. Dion was a British occultist and author thought of many, thought of by many as a modern day witch. She wrote prolifically about the occult in both fiction and non-fictional works. In 1924, she founded the Fraternity of the Inner Light, a magical society de dealing with religious, philosophical, and alternative realities. She died in 1946, leaving behind her magical society, which has survived to this day. Have you ever heard of that? What is it called again? Uh, it doesn't say. Her name is Dion Fortune, though. Hold on. Let me Google that. But she was born Violet Mary Firth. Dion oh. Fortune. Mm-hmm. I threw my, uh... The Fraternity of the Inner Light. Son of a bitch. Is what it's what her group. Dion Fortune was a British cultist, ceremonial magician, blah, 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 blah. I've never heard of that. Huh. I need to find my damn. I threw it at Aki earlier, fucker. He was scratching my sticky pad. <laughs> and it disappeared. Like, I threw it and it's like, poof, fucking gone. Y'all, yeah, don't laugh at me. If y'all could see me, I'm down. <clears throat> okay. Ouch. That was an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> All right. Tituba. You remember hearing about Tituba? Salem Witch Trials? Yes. Okay. Tituba, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. I feel like, I, I don't know. Just continue. I'm going to continue. <laughs> was brought to the American colonies as a slave to Samuel Paris. During the 1692 Salem witch trials, I'm going to call her T. T was the first person accused of witchcraft. She denied any involvement, but like so many of the accused, her will was quickly broke, broken. She then admitted slash claimed to the participation of an occult ritual, saying that she had baked a witch cake in an attempt to help her mistress. She also confessed, quote-unquote, confessed, <laughs> to many other accusations. <clears throat> she was arrested and imprisoned, but was one of the few accused that was not executed. After her release from prison, she sort of vanished from history. So, where she went, nobody knows. I don't blame her for scatting ass either. No, no, absolutely not. Um, but she was smart. She, she held strong. She gave them what they wanted, and they eventually left her alone. But they... There is some, and I've, I've read this somewhere when I was doing a lot of research back on, like, my ancestry and shit like that, um, that a family moved, like, from England or whatever to Salem and started, you know, up with the whole church and all this kind of stuff. And actually the man who was one of the preachers during this time, or priest during this time, um, that helped with the Salem witch trials and helped mm -hmm. with the hangings and the, the judgment and everything, 
actually came from a family um, that practiced witchcraft from, um, I say England, Ireland, England, and stuff like that, and pretty much came over here like as a false type prophet. I, I don't know how true this is, but mm-hmm. it was interesting. Hmm. Malin, Matt's daughter. That's this lady's name, or Malin? Malin? Maybe Malin. Malin. Or Milan. Known as a tenacious Swedish widow. I would like to be known as a tenacious widow one day. Or a tenacious tenacious old lady. I may have a few Swedish roots. I'm not real sure. I don't think it's much if I do. Um, In July 1676, she was reported and accused of witchcraft by her own family. Oh, bitches. Right. (laughs) She was found guilty due to testimony of her own daughters and her lack of religious knowledge and prayers. So she didn't know enough about their religion and she didn't know enough prayers. So automatically she was a witch and she was publicly executed but being burned at the stake. Now to add to it, her lack of screams. So she just took it. She just took it. And because of that, people said that that just further proved the fact that she had to have been a witch. No, that was a badass bitch is what that was. No shit. She was tenacious. She was just like, fuck it. If this is how I'm going to go, I'm not going to go out screaming, screaming like a bitch. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm... going to I'm gonna take take it and just go. So, she was badass. Props to Malin. Malin. Whatever her name is. Eminem. <laughs> uh, Mother Shipton. Highly regarded and feared English prophetess during the 1500s, also referred to as Hagface due to her appearance and disfigurement. Rude. Well, that's where a lot of people get that. That's right. what witches are supposed to look like. I guess so. An old hag with a pointy nose and a mole. Ugh, rude. We walk among you. <laughs> <laughs> Rumors of her being daughter of a witch and the devil. So, you know how that goes. Sure. She was considered considered England's greatest clairvoyant and was even compared to an early Nostradamus in her accurate predictions and prophecies, including the Spanish Armada, the Great Plague of London, the Great Fire of London, the execution of Mary Queen of Scots, and even the internet. Like our current day internet. She predicted all of that. Nice. Unlike so many others, Mother Shipton died a natural death and was buried in the outer edges of York in 1561. So she was not executed for witchcraft. I think that she was held, she was used to do things for benefit. People, benefit those people. So she had a long life. Or, good for her. Yeah, good for her. Um, a witch hunt is now a term that is associated for culprits or criminals when there are none to be found. So basically a witch hunt is in normal terms, I guess would be considered you're going after somebody and your head's up your ass because you don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. And you're jumping the gun. And they're out something. there. Yeah. There are people out there that do that. They have yeah. groups of yeah. people that try to. And not even know. just about uh, witchcraft. It's about, all kinds of things. If somebody gets in their head that somebody's done something wrong, whether they have the right proof about it or not, they're yeah. going to go after them. They're going to, they may not physically go after them, but they will bash them on the internet yeah. publicly. They will talk shit, you know, that is considered a witch hunt. Internet trolls. <laughs> they are associated with false accusations and exaggerations. This obviously derives from the actual witch hunts that took place earlier in society's development. 
Of course, it's easy to discredit these witch trials now. These witch hunts seem to be a thing of the past, but there are parallels that can be drawn to today's problems. So, again, we still yeah. have them, oh, in yeah. a sense. They, these things, as bad as they are to hear about the witch hunt and all this stuff, it's important to be remembered. It's important to learn about, or else we repeat doing, we risk repeating the same similar acts of unjust sentencing. So mm. it's important. Um, these are five of the most terrifying and prolific witch trials throughout history. And the reason I call them terrifying is because of all of the damage that was done and the way that these people were executed and it was just horrendous. Oh, yeah. Horrendous. The Basque witch trials took place in Spain in the 17th century. The biggest, quote-unquote, hunt in history with 7,000 total cases, quote-unquote, examined. So, mm. they don't say how many people were actually executed. They don't say how the examination was done. They don't talk about torture or anything like that. But you can get a pretty good idea of how that shit went down. Oh, yeah. 7,000 people basically being interrogated. Uh, North Berwick witch trials. 1,500 Scotland, ending with at least 70 accused. Now, with those 70 accused, it didn't say whether or not they were executed. They probably were. <clears throat> Matthew Hopkins Witchfinder General. So that's his name was Matthew Hopkins and he was considered he was made he had a team he was he was made a general of a witch hunting basically army I guess you would call it. Oh Jesus. Him and his crew. <laughs> um fuck you and your crew. <laughs> Hopkins <laughs> fuck you and the click the clank. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hopkins and his team are believed to be responsible for 60% of quote-unquote witch executions in England between 1644 and 1646. Hmm. 1612 Pendle Hill hangings credited for sparking witch hunts across England. 19 people arrested and 10 executed. Pendle Hill is nicknamed the Salem of England. Oh, wow. Yeah. The Salem Witch Trials. 1692, probably the most famous on the list, and remains a reminder of what can happen when and if hysteria and fear-mongering run wild on a society. Or moldy bread. I still feel like they ate some bread or some grain that had been tainted because of the way it had been stored, and it caused... Hysteria. I think that it caused hallucinations. I think that it Possibly. caused a lot of fevers and fits in people. And I don't think that that helped. And I think also fear-mongering had a lot to do with it. Um, but I do think that they probably had gotten some kind of a <laughs> hallucinogenic. They ate a mushroom. Basically, but it was just, you know, off their food. Their food was tainted. <clears throat> so before, before we end this podcast or something I need to bring up because this is modern day. This was just like within the last week oh, that wow. ha this happened. Um, I did actually see it on TikTok and I wanted to bring that up, bring this up because, you know, we're talking about witch trials and witch hunters mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Pennsylvania police charge a metaphysical shop owner with practicing witchcraft. So, I saw that story. Is yes. it because she had the tarot cards? Yes. Yes. Apparently it is illegal, supposedly, but it's still the same as 
they're being they're they're witch hunters. They're right. being witch hunters. Right. I think um, the thing was is there's a law that you cannot actively practice witchcraft or something along those lines. And because she had tarot cards and she was doing tarot reading and fortune telling, yeah. Yeah, and she didn't have a sign that said for entertainment purposes only. Instead like she didn't specify they came after her and we're gonna give her a citation or write yeah. a ticket her or whatever, or make her close her shop down. So she had to go get signs made. Yeah. So what it says is like, we have become accustomed in modern times to the term witch hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, we just discussed that being metaphorical, but a practicing witch with a retail shop has become an actual target of the police for suspicions of witchcraft charges. Despite the fact that this is the year 2023, her crime fortune telling in the form of tarot readings. Um, the state has a history of persecuting witches, though. Back to the very founder, William Penn, who participated in the hearings against two women accused of bewitching livestock to not produce an appearing in spectral form. Basically, in the years between 1683 and right now, nobody has bothered to ask if this law is useful. Mm-hmm. Why would you? I mean, witchcraft is a, it's a practice. Mm-hmm. Um... So it remains there to be enforced whenever the police feel like some good old-fashioned religious persecution. Um, da, da, da. The shopholder, owner, shit, the shop owner at the Stitching Witch received an email from the borough manager alerting her to a recent article about her business had alerted the police, police chief himself to her allegedly illegal activities. Um... It's also very specifically targeted with the perspective of those all familiar with the Keystone State, famous for having a groundhog predict the future weather. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Pennsylvania, that's where that happens at, right? Exactly. Ha! So it's okay for the groundhog to predict the weather, but don't do no fortune telling with tarot cards. Um, the business owner shared notices she has to post around her shop that indicate it is for entertainment purposes only, a thing no other religiously affiliated businesses have to do. Mm-hmm. I call bullshit. I would fight that, and I hope she wins it, and I hope she does fight it, and I hope she takes it all the way to Supreme Court with this. No offense, because I feel like that should be the same, you know. Right. Um, if you're going to allow other religious organizations to not have to put signs up, yes, she may be reading tarot cards. What the fucking do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> a thing no other religiously affiliated business have to do. Imagine if every Christian bookstore had to prominently display the same signage. Right. No offense to any Christians listening. I don't, I really do not mean this to be hateful. But, yeah, it's the, the pot calling the kettle black there. I mean, it should go both ways. Right. Witchcraft is, it's a practice. Well, if that's the case. There's then Christian why, witches. Right. There, what's the, if that's the case, then why isn't everybody that's considered some form of practice or religion being told that they have to put a sign up? For whatever reason whatsoever. That's, yeah. Yeah, you're going to come in church. Hey, entertainment purposes only. Mm -hmm. Should be fair. Don't, yeah. To me, that is right there. That is, that is targeting somebody because of their religious beliefs. Straight. That's 100. Yeah. Um, 
The potential for persecution isn't limited to the witchy community, as some of these extremists believe that anybody of a different religion is literally a demon. Um, that is so true. Who is the chief of police of whom she was warned? It appears to be Chad Martin of Hanover, Hanover Borough, a part of York County, which is actually under investigation for having at least one officer who participated in the storming of our nation's capital Imagine on January that. 6th. Um, so, the problem also isn't limited to Pennsylvania, as law enforcement has been assisting in these discriminations over legal activities, such as an artist's retreat that rented space and were driven out by Christian extremists who took offense to an om sign on a painting. So, yeah. What's an om sign? Is it like a, is it a symbol or a... Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. That's a Hinduism. That's like with, that's like what people use with, um... A sacred sound considered by many ancient philosophical texts to be the sound of the universe. You also see that a lot with, like, yoga. Yes. And stuff like that. Oh, good golly. Namaste. (laughs) Good golly. Namaste. I'm namanaste in in fucking Pennsylvania. Mm. Because fuck that place. I wish nothing but the best for this shop owner. Yes. And I really hope that a lot of people will come out and support her. Yes. I will um, say I will say this to add to that. If you're in a small area, especially, I'm not just it's not just smaller areas. It's it's bigger areas too. I imagine where she's at's probably fairly reasonably sized. Um, possibly. possibly. I mean, but it, it could, could be, be like how we live, yeah. you know, in small areas. I will say in certain smaller areas in different areas of the US, if you are into anything that is strange or obscure, you do tend to get kind of put into a box. You do tend to be the backlash of a lot of yeah. it, it becomes controversial. You become the topic of a lot of conversation. You get snubbed by a lot of people. Unfortunately, um, people label you with different things. I have oddities and curiosities. It makes people very uncomfortable in our area where we live. Um, I'm not doing anything wrong. It's an expression Absolutely of not. art. It's something that brings me joy. It makes me happy. But it does make some people in the community uncomfortable. Oh, well. And it happens everywhere. And anything like that that's different or strange or unique or whatever, it does cause a wave in a sense. So I do feel for her and I do understand. Yeah. Nobody has actively tried to shut me down, but there have been things that, that would be a fight. That, yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. And if anybody on here listening, if y'all have not seen Natalie's page, well, Kindred said, Spirits and, you know, yeah. Oddities and Curiosities. I no longer, like, I is have it my, Kindred Spirits? Yeah, yes. Kindred Spirits, Oddities and Curiosities. Y'all go look at her shit. I mean, it's awesome. It's <laughs> one, I mean, honestly, it's, it's one of a kind work. I mean. And it's weird. It is. And I've never denied that. I, but, but I love it. <laughs> I took a break from it for a little while. I started getting burned out a little bit. I'm going to pick some of it up this week. I shut my Etsy page down for a little while, my, my shop, um, things like that. I'll reopen it later on, but uh, the economy sucks right now. It does. So I'm kind it's of too much judgment. Well, that and it's just everything's so damn expensive. Taxidermy art is difficult <laughs> at the moment, but I will get back on it and I haven't given it up, but I do love it. And I do understand other people that have unique 
business ideas yeah. and art and things like that. It just makes me want to hug her neck. Yeah. Freaks unite. Woo-woo! <laughs> no shit. Well, I think this is a good place to stop this particular it episode. Is. And we'll pick back up. Um, I think the next one we'll be talking about werewolves. Oh! oh I love werewolves. <laughs> I do, too. So, with that being said, thank you for listening to us and our shenanigans. Um, and we look forward to the next episode. You will hear from us soon. Bye. Bye.